It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Whether you're one of the people that gets down to Paul Brown Stadium for one of the 12,000 fans that's going to be in attendance this year, or you're watching from home, Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football. Watching. You are locked on Bengals. Your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. We've got an injury report to talk about today, as we do every Wednesday. A few surprises, in my opinion, showing up on the injury report at noteworthy positions. And a few guys that we're just monitoring closely at this point. We'll get into today's injury report for the Bengals to start the show. And then Zach Taylor, Joe Burrow, Tyler Boyd, a bunch of guys talked about the perceived drama, the perceived disconnect from coaches to players today in the Bengals press conference roundup. We'll get into that in segment two. And of course, the caveat there is going to be the people that the Bengals put in front of the podium today are obviously going to be people that they're comfortable putting in front of the podium today. After the Carlos Dunlap, let's just call it a snafu a few weeks ago, I assume that they have tightened down the controls a little bit about who's talking to the media with tensions being what they're perceived to be. But we'll get into that in segment two. We're going to start with the injury report. We're going to finish the show, by the way, with Crossover Thursday with Jeff Lloyd from Lockdown Browns. And James, the names on the injury list that are particularly concerning today are William Jackson, who's apparently dealing with a concussion. Jay Morrison from The Athletic speculating that it occurred when he was down a little bit longer than normal after the Jesse Bates interception when there was a bit of a collision there. If you have a concussion on Wednesday, you're not likely to play that week. William Jackson has been by far the Bengals' best corner this year. Looks like he is doubtful for this week as of Wednesday night. Joe Mixon also didn't practice with a foot injury. And we all saw what happened when Joe Mixon went out of the game and the Bengals' run game kind of ground to a halt. Mixon has been banged up this year, though, and this could be another one of those, or this could be something that keeps him out this week. How bad would that be? In week two, you're one-dimensional. You drop back 70-plus times, 61 passes. Joe Burrow just gets bludgeoned and beaten on national TV on Thursday night football against the Browns. And you're left without Joe Mixon this week when you're trying to get some balance and you're trying to keep that pass rush, specifically Miles Garrett, off balance so they're not able to pin their ears back and get after Burrow. Without Mixon, and you know, it might not make a difference. It might, you could say, oh, it's just going to come down to the offensive line and things like that. But at the same time, I would love to have Mixon and be able to get him involved. I remember they got him involved in the first half of that game in the passing game as well. Maybe you'd see some more of that. And so not having him or having him you know, a limited capacity, that would be a big loss. But honestly, even more so, I think the William Jackson the third, and I know he struggled against Odell Beckham Jr., but if he's out this week, Darius Phillips and 
and that's assuming he plays, but I'm going to assume it. Uh, Darius Phillips and LaShawn Sims and Mackenzie Alexander, you better put a safety over the top of Odell or he's going to get you again. And, and that's the, the the painful part here. If you lose a guy like William Jackson the third, who lost that matchup with Odell, uh, you have no one else that could even dream of gardening him one-on-one. Yeah, I, I 100% am with you there. The secondary stuff, always concerning. And when it's your top corner, Jesse Bates can't do it all back there. He's just a free safety. It's definitely possible to get around a free safety if you've got a good offensive coordinator, you've got a good offensive mind call on your plays. And it appears that the Browns have that in Kevin Stefanski, who has overcome poor play from his quarterback, Baker Mayfield, this year to get a an effective and pretty efficient offense rolling up in Cleveland. One thing that might help the Bengals defense this week, though, is that Mike Daniels, surprisingly for me, out of nowhere, comes off the IR, is cleared to practice. He's not even on the injury report today, as far as I could tell. And in addition to that, and I don't think this means anything for this week, but Sam Hubbard working on a rehab field today, Xavier Suafila working on the rehab field today, so some guys working their way back. And the Mike Daniels thing could be huge. Zach Taylor did not rule him out for this week at all. And so think about that. If he has a couple of good days of practice, you could have Daniels and Atkins together on Sunday, which would be nice, along with Christian Covington and Amani Bledsoe and you know now Margus Hunt and those guys, Xavier Williams. But it helps. Every little bit helps. And when you remember and you think back to what the Browns did on the ground, 210 or 215 yards. I forget, uh, three touchdowns with Chubb and Hunt. They're not going to have Nick Chubb. So if you can just limit and contain Kareem Hunt a bit and make Baker Mayfield, who is struggling right now, try to beat you, I think that's uh, that's your game plan. Now, who knows after they made Phillip Rivers look like it was 2008 last week, but uh, I think that's got to be your, your game plan and your mindset going in. The second time for the Bengals, Facing the Browns. The Browns won't be able to do the same stuff they did in week two. Kevin Stefanski dramatically changed the way that they played offense in Cleveland from week one to week two. He said as much. He saw what they did on the field for the first time in a live game in week one when they got embarrassed by the Ravens. Week two, short week, but dramatically changed the offense immediately. And we saw some stuff from Cleveland that they've continued to keep in. A lot of bootlegs for Baker. A lot of easy reads. And a lot of Nick Chubb. And, and missing Nick Chubb is definitely a big deal. I mean, we say running backs don't matter. I say running backs don't matter sometimes. When you're Nick Chubb and you can make guys miss the way he does, there's a few guys, Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, maybe a handful of others, who they do make a difference. It's just that it's very rare. So so missing Nick Chubb, like you said, James, is a big deal for the Browns this week and gives the Bengals a little bit more of a shot to slow down this Browns offense. And there will be more talk about the Browns offense later on in the show. We're going to pivot back to the Bengals for the next segment. Talk a little bit about what the players and coaches who talked to the media today had to say about what's been circulating in media the last couple days now that they're back at practice, back to their Wednesday press conference. And one last note before we move on, James, just to clear up something about Mike Daniels. He is on the, there's a 21 day roster exemption for him right now. So he's not necessarily back at practice yet. I don't know if he actually practiced today or not, but they have cleared him for practice was a report. And that is what starts that 21 day clock as I understand it. Correct. So he was going to practice today. I Maybe they're not obligated to list him on the injury report since he's not on the roster, 
but but Taylor did say he would practice today and didn't rule him out for Sunday, which seems unrealistic for me, but there is a chance that he could potentially be out there on Sunday against the Browns. Seems like Mike Daniels is a warrior. Looking forward to seeing how that plays out. Coming up next, we get back into that drama. So stick around because, man, I, I guess, you know, this is this is the reality of covering the Bengals right now. Drama, and drama, drama, drama. We're going to talk about it again. There might be a lot of drama with the Bengals right now, but there isn't any drama at rockauto.com. It's the number one place to get parts for your car, truck, van, SUV, it doesn't matter what it is. If you need windshield wipers, if you need filters, if you need something more complex, wheel bearing, it doesn't matter. They have it for you in one spot. So go there right now. Check out rockauto.com. And the best part about it, it's not just the convenience of being able to shop from your own home instead of having to mask up and go to the big box store. It's that you save money doing it. Rockauto.com gives you the same prices for professionals that the do-it-yourselfers like me, like you, get. So it's the exact same price. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com. Check out all the parts they have for your car or truck. And make sure you write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. They've been serving people for two decades. You're next. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's keep things rolling here on the Locked On Bengals podcast and talk a little bit about that drama, 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 drama that we've been dealing with. You like when I sing a little bit, Jake? Drama, 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 drama. You like that? It's a great falsetto. You're killing it. Yeah. I I was known for uh, my vocal cords growing up. Um, Good career to be in then, podcasting. (laughs) This is where you got to take that voice. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure listeners are loving this conversation. Let's uh, let's dive into some of the things that uh, Zach Taylor and the rest of the Bengals players said on Wednesday. And look, there is a lot going on with the team. And it's a lot of unhappiness, at least from a, a personal standpoint. And you could tie it to the communication issues that they've had uh, between the coaching staff and the players. But I mean, the, the list is is pretty long now. I mean, we got John Ross this week, Auden Tate back in week two, Carlos Dunlap multiple weeks, the report about Geno Atkins, and we don't know if that's true, but it's still out there. Uh, th- there's just a lot of things, and I know I'm missing some, but we know him by now. Zach Taylor was asked about this and the culture that he's hoping to build, and if he can do that without winning. And he said it certainly helps as in winning verify everything you do we've got guys players and coaches that are bought in it's frustrating when you're close and no cigar that is frustrating this thing doesn't happen overnight we win daily battles day by day guys are changing the culture in their own ways in the things that we see them doing there are really good days ahead it has been frustrating when you're not winning like you think you should but you don't change the way you approach things in your demeanor just because it will work. And we're very confident in that. I'm excited. And he said this part smiling. There are going to be a lot of people 
that enjoy the success when we do have it. And it's coming soon. And we all believe that. And it was interesting. He talked about that. He, he said he's, he's certainly seen a lot of changes in the locker room, he even said, heck, you guys can't see them because you're not here because of the pandemic. And look, I don't know if it's true or not. I, I do think, though, if he wants to keep these players bought in, they are going to have to win a couple of these games because verification is needed at some point, like he said. And I think since they uh, blew that 21 point lead, you're going to need to verify it sooner, sooner rather than later. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing he's been saying for a long time, right? And he has to be confident. He has to say things are going to turn around. What I would like to hear him say, though, is, is you know, I don't necessarily want him to throw people under the bus, but he talks a lot about accountability. And I just, I don't know what that looks like. So I'm kind of curious. Like, you talk about holding people accountable. Well, how are you doing that? What What's the process? And maybe that's what we're seeing with Carlos Dunlap, right? Maybe this is the outcome of holding a player accountable. And because we're more familiar with Carlos Dunlap than we are with Zach Taylor, we are probably like there's a cognitive bias there that makes us say, oh, yeah, we should side with Carlos Dunlap on this. He was great last year. He's been great in his career. And, and, and maybe Carlos Dunlap is right. I'm not saying this to defend Zach Taylor necessarily. I'm just pointing out that there could be some psychological aspects of play with the way that fans are going. Yeah, Zach Taylor's losing and he's talking about things as if things are going to turn around. So he has no credibility. And and, and Carlos Dunlap at least has a track record. So regardless of all that, he does make a good point. I wonder what it would be like if you guys were in the open locker rooms right now. I wonder how the locker room truly does compare to last year. We, we really don't have a feel for that. Last year, every journalist I talked to who was covering the team in Cincinnati said that the locker room was a ghost town. Like, maybe not quite at this point in the season, but a couple weeks from now. And this is an extension of last season, right? And so I, I do wonder how much camaraderie there is in that locker room. In, in the preseason, James, we talked a lot about how tight this team felt. It did really seem like they were very close-knit, like they were bonding over shared experiences in a difficult time. And obviously going 1-4-1 and after going 2-14 and is going to put that to the test. And so I really do wonder what it's like in that locker room right now. We're never going to know. And he was even asked about Dunlap as well. And I think it's it's a delicate balance, man, because if, you, if you're Zach Taylor, you better say the right things when you're asked about him. And, and he, he said a couple things here. He said, it's how we approach things. You know, good days are ahead. And it's part of leadership. It's part of how we approach every single day. It's not a daily battle. And when you face adversity, sometimes things reveal themselves. And I thought that part was interesting. And then someone asked him directly about Dunlap and he was like, everybody is going about their business every day and trying their best to win football games. And I do think that's true. Like, I don't think Carlos doesn't want to win. I do think it's hard, though, when 11 wants more reps and Carlos feels like he should be out there and this guy feels this and this guy feels that and you're losing games. Like, then at some point, that togetherness, I don't give a damn who it is. If it's Bill Belichick, if it's Phil Jackson, if it's Greg Popovich, it doesn't matter. At some point, it is going to break. And so that's the point here is is – one of two things need to happen. They need to win some games or they're going to probably have to move some of these pieces to keep the, the locker room intact, so to speak, because it's, it's going to be hard if they fall to one, six and one, one, seven and one, 
which is certainly in play if they lose on Sunday against the Browns. And you have to imagine that the team's player leaders, the the other guys that talked to the media today, Joe Burrow and Tyler Boyd, it's hard to imagine actually how Joe Burrow is feeling right now. I would love more than anything to get an exclusive interview with the guy and, and just try to talk to him like, Hey, how's it going, man? Like, I, I don't think you're going to get anything out of him, but I, I do wonder, we haven't had any one-on-one interviews with Joe Burrow. As far as I know, in the last eight weeks, 10 weeks, has, has there, there's really nothing, right? Like he's doing the press conferences and, I wonder, maybe I wonder an NFL what he... network thing, you know, maybe an NFL network thing for three minutes, but nothing, nothing that's going to be revealing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I, I wonder where his mental state is. You, you, we, we talked about this a little bit. You can, you can see his demeanor changing a little bit in these press conferences after games. And when you go from what he did at LSU to what's happening right now with this team, I, you, you, it's fair to wonder, I think, how he's doing. Mm-hmm. And, and I think he went into this year thinking he could go eight and eight or nine and seven. Like he didn't think he was going to go sixteen and zero or thirteen and three or anything like that. But I'm sure he came into this year thinking, "Man, look at this group. Man, we're, we're going to do something. We're not going to be. We're going to surprise some people. We're not going to win four games." And now, it, it's like. Oh, we blew week one. We blew week three. We blew week five, uh, week four. Or no, they won week four. We blew week six. Like at some point, yeah, that is going to take its toll. And, and I do know, like you do, like everyone does, Joe just wants to win. And I think he's willing to do anything and everything it takes to win. And, uh, you know, he's going to be professional. I don't mean like that, but he certainly is all about winning. And, that's what's interesting now is the the deadline is sort of the next opportunity here. They're not going to fire Zach Taylor or anything. The, the deadline is the next opportunity for this organization to show Joe, hey, we're going to be all in on winning. And that could mean trading a piece away. That could mean holding because they, they think it's best for th- – I, I don't know. I don't know what that entails necessarily in Joe's mind. But I do think it's interesting because that's kind of the next thing on the calendar outside of, you know, actual games and winning to show them or to show him that they are dedicated to winning long-term. And part of it's on him too. You know, he, he could play a little bit better. I'm not going to totally absolve him, but he, he, again, to, to reiterate, because I can't say anything negative about Joe Burrow without couching it in tons of, of nuance. He's been very good for a rookie. Even his game against the Colts, he was playing well. He's been the best quarterback, according to PFF in the one to 19 yard target range of the field, the number one graded quarterback on throws from one to 19 yards. And, and once that deep ball starts to get up to like, maybe say even league average. And maybe we saw the first step toward that with that T Higgins ball this week, last week, then Joe Burrow becomes much more lethal. I I think the one other thing to, to talk about for with, with Joe Burrow, before we talk about what Tyler Boyd had to say for just a second is Burrow did say there's no panic in the locker room. And I know that's the company line, but hey, he said it. And mm-hmm. uh, if, there, if you're going to trust anybody on this team right now, I think it's Joe Burrow. Tyler Boyd also talked a little bit about what's going on with Carlos Dunlap. He said that the the rift between Dunlap and the coaching staff hasn't tarnished the, the locker room. He said that 
Dunlap needs to grasp his role on the team. I mean, that's some interesting stuff from an offensive leader in Tyler Boyd. Sure. And he's right. I mean, they all do. And it's it's hard. And I, and I praise Tyler because we peppered him with questions, specifically John Ross. They're obviously close. Asked about him. Asked him about Carlos Dunlap, who, like you said, is on a different side of the ball. And I think he spoke extremely honest about every situation. He was like, of course, John should be playing. But I think all of our receivers are good enough to play in this league and get reps in this league. And right now it's this trio and I've been there and I understand he's frustrated and and wants his opportunity. I get that. But he's also playing hard in practice. And, And I think that's that's his point is we talk about the Dunlap stuff and he's clearly frustrated with his role. But at least by Boyd's account, he's still giving it everything he has when he's out there. But yeah, from a role standpoint, maybe he does just need to accept it to a degree. And I, I think that's kind of what his, his as in Carlos Dunlap's message was on Instagram, if there was one on that Instagram live, is that he has no choice but to accept it. It was in the most dramatic way possible, in headline-grabbing millennial way possible, and I'm a millennial. Um, so yeah, he, he certainly wanted his attention. He got it. And he's still probably not going to start on Sunday. So that's the <laughs> that's, that's it. Self-loathing millennial James Rapine is joined next by Jeff Lloyd from (laughs) Lockdown Browns to talk a little bit about the upcoming rematch with that team up north. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. I've been watching from the comfort of my own home when I'm not at Paul Brown Stadium. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football, watching. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's keep things rolling on this crossover Thursday with a look at the Cleveland Browns. They enter Sunday's matchup against the Bengals with a 4-2 record. And for more on that, Jeff Lloyd of Locked On Browns joins us. And Jeff, it's funny. I think back to to week two and that Thursday night matchup and all the talk leading up to that game, it was such a must win for the Browns after that week one blowout loss to the Ravens. And it's kind of a similar feeling again this week where the the Steelers uh, do what the Steelers do to the Browns and have done over the past couple of decades. And uh, the Browns, they had won the four games in between there, including the one over the Bengals. So they're four and two. What's the mood like right now uh, among the Browns, given some of the injuries they're dealing with and, and the pounding they took on Sunday against the Steelers? It's funny. And obviously, you know, these jokes as well, uh, you know, with the Bengals, um, you know, the Browns actually went a calendar month without losing a football game. Yeah, it's a great joke in April. It's a great joke in July. Ha ha ha. That actually happened. Um, actually happened within the NFL regular season. Things were feeling good. 
Um, but like I said, leading up to that Pittsburgh game was it, it was time to basically, you know, max out, you know, put a little extra weight on the bar, see what you were capable of. Granted, it turned into a, a flaming pile of, you know, whatever you want to call it, and just not a good day all around. Um, the mood is, and this is probably where maybe it was a good thing, because if the Browns had played well, if the Browns had somehow maybe won on Sunday in Pittsburgh, you would automatically, what well, you know, what James, you certainly know what the talk is with this media. Oh, they're due for a letdown. They're not going to be ready. Now there's no excuses. Um, you know, you just had, you know, what was your Cinderella month? That party's crashed. It's over. Now it's time to basically climb the ladder again. Um, with the possibility of what we talk about, maybe William Jackson is going to play. Um, this offensive line, it, it's just not getting better for Cincinnati. Um, and the Browns weren't full force um, in week two as far as the defensive line. They are full force right now to the point actually where they're sitting a couple of guys um, just due to the fact that you know everybody is available. Um, they have more at the cornerback position. Uh, Ronnie Harrison um, came out of the concussion protocol, had a full practice today. Maybe you're going to get, um, you know, Carl Joseph back this week. So it gives you a little bit more teeth and length to the secondary. This is a zero excuses game for the Cleveland Browns. Um, we need to see more of that four week play where scoring points within the thirties was the norm. Um, and the thing is, and this is where it got tricky with the defense. The, the defense was playing well, but they definitely were getting turnovers at an unsustainable pace for the talent that they have on the field. And of course that was one thing. And the defense played hard on Sunday until it just got to the point that there was no return. And I think the guys were just gassed emotionally and physically for trying to put up the, for the, the fight as long as they did. Um, but you're getting a chippy bunch coming here Sunday. This is a chippy bunch traveling south to Cincinnati on Sunday. There is no doubt about it. They're aggravated. They're annoyed. Um, I think part of it is because Cleveland media does what they do, and they turn back to the questioning players, pointing fingers, as opposed to saying this team is 4-2, and two, there's some really good things. But, of course, there's some things that could still be improved upon. Absolutely, and I, I do think they're in a good spot, and probably right where I would have had them after six games, 4-2 and two is – a hell of a record. Ask Bengals fans if they would like four and two. Of course they would. So let's uh, let's talk about the defense a little bit because we all know about the pass rush and Miles Garrett. I remember going into week two thinking, all right, the second and third layers of this defense, you can win against them. And I, I saw Denzel Ward. He looked elite. I think he is clearly establishing himself as one of the game's best. But outside of that, I see a lot of Andrew Sandejo hate on Twitter. Oh, yes. I, you know, I see a lot of bashing there. It, can can the Bengals attack these linebackers, these corners, and these safeties outside of Denzel Ward? Is that a matchup? Or are those matchups that they should look to exploit? Well, um, one pleasant surprise at the linebacker position, and how he's still not getting more reps, I don't understand, is Malcolm Smith. And it was a quiet signing. He was signed the Sunday where the Browns had their COVID scare, where maybe 10 guys tested positive, maybe 10, 15, da 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 da, da two hours later. Um, it was all cleared up and nobody, it was a whole bunch of false positives. He's been playing really, really well. Um, he's smart. He's athletic. Um, he, like, sometimes the ball finds players. Malcolm Smith finds the ball. He's aggressive. And it's certainly been a big key signing for the Browns just due to the fact that Mac Wilson is back and playing. Mac Wilson is nowhere near 100%. He is okay to play, but he's not 100%. Jacob Phillips, they started to see some good things. Dallas, he had a three-play sequence to just kill a drive. Then he had a couple of nice snaps against Indianapolis. Looked like he was going to climb the ladder. Then the knee became an issue yet again. Um, so 
the linebacking core is still a question mark at this point. And just to show how crazy last Sunday was, EJ Goodson put up like a PFF grade of like 85. So it just shows you maybe the anomaly that Sunday was for the Browns all the way around. Terrence Mitchell's been steady this entire year. And look, with mm-hmm. Greedy Williams being as lost wherever he is, whether it's injury-wise and, and, and just everything within this new regime, this you know new way this Browns franchise is assembled, Terrence Mitchell's just been steady. And it's it's nothing's ever changed. Terrence Mitchell is the same player. He's always been with the Cleveland Browns. He's not the most athletic guy. He's got great length. He's feisty. He was a factor in week two. It's to the point where the Browns should really consider saying to Terrence Mitchell and his agent, hey, what would one or two more years look like? Can we maybe make this happen? Kevin Johnson has played pretty well. Um, we'll see more of Sheldrick Redwine this week. Ronnie Harrison, if you practice today from a concussion, looks like he'll return. Carl Joseph, we'll see. Sandejo was out with the shin. And this is so bad for Andrew Sandejo. They're playing him at free safety because he is the most experienced, most football intelligent safety they have. Should he be playing there? No. He's getting toasted. He's getting killed. Um, but they wanted to hopefully transcend Ronnie Harrison and in this role. But the problem is they need Sandejo to make the calls. And it's just making for a difficult, difficult situation. It's not going well. The question would probably be, you know, what are the Bengals trotting out? Because it seems like the wide receiver position, they're still trying to hang on to A.J. Green. They've got Boyd. They've got Higgins. John Ross played earlier in the year. Now he's not playing. Auden Tate's not happy. I think I've counted to this point where A.J. Green's probably not been happy. Tate's not been happy. John Ross has not been happy at times. Um, But look, until they put it together and they get – a week, two weeks, three weeks, where they can at least have five or six of the same defensive backs on the field, you're not truly sure what this secondary is yet because it's been a revolving door. I, I mean, they've already started four safeties, so it, it's it's really hard to develop any cohesion in times like these when you're not getting game reps together. Um, I, I think they're trending in the right way, even with what happened last week at Pittsburgh. They were They were really good on the underneath stuff. Then they fell apart kind of late because they were kind of cheating up, trying to create turnovers. Um, but this is also week two. And for Coach Stefanski and everybody in that building, this is how you judge guys. Look, you're seeing a team for a second time now. And it was not that long ago. You know, what is everybody going to take from the tape of week two and apply to try to beat each other with this week? That's a key, key factor to this. And it's the same thing with the players. You know, you went against these guys. You know, how did, Where did they beat you? How did they beat you here? When you beat them, how did you beat? Because you got to f- figure the counter reaction to everything that went on from week two, which was not too long ago. There's a lot going on here, a lot to the surface in a rivalry game. Um, but the Browns need this. They just need to come in and they need to play what they are capable of. Yes, Nick Chubb, it's a loss. But, you, you know, saying oh, Kareem Hunt's your running back, you know, for anybody who wants to cry about not having Nick Chubb, I get it. But as he's not gone for the season, and, oh, boo-hoo, you got to now turn to a player like Kareem Hunt. Yeah, that's a pretty good uh, – oh, man, that's a pretty good backup plan. Uh, real quick, speaking yeah. of backups, last thing for me, Jeff, <laughs> uh, I think they're starting to have uh, some backup conversation. We saw Case Keenum last week, obviously Baker Mayfield, dealing with mm-hmm. the ribs, all of that stuff. Where is this at? It sounds like Baker's going to play. It sounds like he's going to start – it, it, what if he goes out there and throws two interceptions in the first half? Like, is is his seat as hot as it felt like? That's what's going to get interesting. Would indicate. 
See, and this is the toughest thing because the quarterback position is magnified. Um, first half against Cincinnati, week two, played really well. First half of the Indianapolis Colts game, played really well. And then a couple of bad throws that, you know, everybody talked about the interception, you know, obviously versus your Bengals. The two interceptions versus the Colts. It gets so skewed down because it is such the most important position on the field, which everybody knows that it's – Everything gets mad. Like you can throw away 90% of the game over two throws. And look, it's not wrong to do it. It's not. I mean, these turnovers become crucial. Baker's did more today than he did last week during practice. So that's probably a good sign. I don't think the Browns want to play Case Keenum. And it's not just a question of this season. It's a question of, you know, you're going to have to make a decision come late April, about whether or not you're picking up Baker Mayfield's fifth-year option. So with 10 games to go, hopefully maybe one more, the Browns have a lot here invested in Baker Mayfield that they need to figure out as far as where this organization is going further. I will tell you this, though. I mean, if it's 13-10 Cincinnati at halftime Sunday and Baker's responsible for two turnovers, I wouldn't be surprised if they went to Case Keenum. And maybe they'll use injuries as an excuse. Um, But I think this front office and this regime is starting to realize that playing at least one January game is certainly on the table. So if that means you got to simplify things, make it easier, just because you can beat people with vanilla, so to speak, I think that's what they're going to do. Because at the end of the day, nothing else matters as far as a coaching staff, except wins and losses. Um, They have the defense. They have stars at a lot of positions. They got to do whatever they can do to find a way to put up north of 24, 27, 30 points. If Baker cannot get it right, I think this team is not going to sacrifice it, hoping he gets right. And especially with all that's on the table with him. Um, If they can win nine games, they can win 10 games. I think that's what they're going to do. If Baker's along for the ride, that's great. If not, I think they're going to have to make the – decisions that are best for them as a franchise that's jeff lloyd of locked on browns good stuff there make sure you keep it locked right here on locked on Bengals for all of your battle of ohio coverage for jake lisco i'm james rapine and in the immortal words of jake lisco who day and have a good one is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the lombardi trophy Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.